SEOs see themselves as these all-knowing wizards, but you still need the hobbits to get the job done. This is Time for Marketing, the marketing podcast that will tell you everything you've missed when you didn't attend the marketing conference. Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Time for Marketing podcast. My name is Peter and I'll be your host for today. Episode number four, we are going back to the island and to the conference search leads of the 2018 our guest will be oliver brett and he spoke there with the title why seo wizards need user testing hobbits we spoke about the lord of the rings we spoke about the lord of the links and more importantly why and how seos need and should do user testing how to do that efficiently and all of those great things Oliver works at a company that creates a Screaming Frog, an excellent SEO tool, and is, from what I've learned in the podcast, also an SEO agency. If you like this podcast, you should go to iTunes or anywhere else where you like to uh, listen to podcasts, subscribe there, maybe rate us, do all of the great stuff that you can do. And now let's go listen to this talk I had with Oliver. Hello and welcome to the Time for Marketing podcast. Uh, welcome from the hot and sweaty UK. This is how you told me uh, how it feels uh, at your place right now, right? Yeah, uh, it's actually the hottest day of the year right now and our air conditioning has broken in the very room I'm sat just today. So that was perfect timing. <laughs> very nice, very excellent. Oliver, um, I found you, you were a speaker at the Search Leads conference. We had in the previous episode, we already had a speaker from Search Leads. It was a, seemed like a very excellent uh, SEO conference. And you work at Screaming Frog. I just started freelancing as an SEO and general online marketer. And Screaming Frog was the first tool that I purchased as being a freelancer because I feel that I have to use it so often as an SEO. Um, really an awesome tool. You're the, you work as SEO at Screaming Frog. What's the, what does that mean? Yeah, so basically it's, uh, it's a bit confusing because uh, we have first and foremost always been just a consultancy agency. Um, and we built the tool internally just as something we were using ourselves and we found it quite useful. Uh, we then decided to sell it as software. And uh, since then it's kind of exploded. And now we're mostly known for our software. And when we tell people that we, uh, we do consultancy, they get a bit confused and they think, oh, what, you, you, run, you do run crawls for us or something? But first and foremost, we're, uh, we're an SEO agency that do all the, the usual work around on-sites and uh, we do content marketing campaigns, uh, do a lot of PR and stuff like that. Uh, also we have a PPC team, but just nobody's really heard of them. So, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting one. Yeah. This was the first, uh, first time for me hearing about that also. Yeah. Um, how did you like the search leads conference? Search leads is it's a, it's a really good conference. Yeah. Uh, branded three who run it are, uh, I think it's their first sort of major conference that they've run, but they're doing a really good job with it because, uh, here in the UK, we, uh, we have Brighton SEO, which is sort of like the, the major one. I think it's the largest in, in Europe for search marketing, but it's kind of tricky if you live uh, further up north in the country to get down to Brighton. 
So they're sort of running one that's more for the north of England. And uh, yeah, it's a really great venue they've got. It's I think it's the first uh, first direct arena. Uh, it kind of looks like a giant rugby ball. Um, it's kind of a bit like a spaceship in the middle of Leeds, but uh, Leeds is a lovely city, and uh, it's really it's really good uh, really good conference. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been to Brighton SEO in the past, and I've noticed it's hard to get there. I actually booked uh, the train back for the last night, but then I figured out that it, the train would be too late for my plane, so yeah. I had to book an extra hotel and pay it out of my pocket because the company, of course, wouldn't pay double for my sleeping. So yeah, traveling to uh, there, it's it's really weird. It's really weird, yeah. Uh I think if you fly from Gatwick to get to Brighton, that's probably your best bet. But if you fly into London, then it's a bit trickier because you sort of have to go into London and then back out again. And uh, yeah, it can get confusing if you don't know where you're going. But uh, at Screaming Frog, we always hire a minibus uh, that takes us directly from Henley, where we're based, which is sort of near Oxford, I suppose. And uh, that takes us direct. So I guess we're quite lucky on that front. And I've already purchased tickets to... Uh, this year's Brighton, so yeah, I'll be there. But I just need to figure out how to get there. Uh, in the cool, yeah, uh, I think I'm going as well, so we'll uh, we'll have to meet up. Yeah, for a beer or something. All right, so let's go to your presentation. You had an interesting title uh, in the previous episode. We spoke about werewolves, and today we have why SEO wizards need user testing hobbits. You're a big fan of the Lord of the Rings, am I right? You're, you're not wrong, yeah. Um, basically, the inspiration for the title came from a, a Twitter account I've created called uh, Lord of the Serps. And uh, basically what happened was one of our colleagues, Caroline, was, uh, was chatting to us about her experience of when she was traveling around New Zealand. And uh, when she was in New Zealand, she went to Hobbiton, the set where they filmed some of the Lord of the Rings scenes. She was sort of going through the, the experience place, listening to the music, trying the food and everything, getting a photo taken next to all the little hobbit houses. And then in the pub, they sort of turned around and said, has anybody here not seen Lord of the Rings? And it was at that moment that Caroline unfortunately put her hand up and she had like no reference to any of the cultural things that were going on in this uh, film set. So some of us in the office got together. We made Caroline sit down and watch all of the Lord of the Rings films. And from that, we sort of started making jokes around how uh, SEO and Lord of the Rings are kind of similar in the way you've got sort of Google might be like Mordor trying to take over the internet. Uh, you've got the wizards who know all the expert knowledge about SEO. And then you've got the hobbits who are perhaps the uh, the users who uh, test the websites. So from that, I created this stupid Twitter account, which has got way more popular than I thought it ever would, where I just sort of post uh, GIFs of Lord of the Rings and relate them to sort of common SEO problems. Uh, and it's quite good fun. And uh I've got a few uh, got a few people from Google who actually follow me and sometimes retweet me, so that's nice. Um, and um, and yeah, so the sort of the inspiration for the talk was sort of around how SEOs see themselves as these all-knowing wizards, but in terms of Lord of the Rings, you still need the hobbits to get the job done. And I think user testing is perhaps uh, a job for hobbits that's uh, you might not consider them as experts, but user testers are still essential in the process of. Uh, looking at a website properly. All right. So there's nothing else to do than for me to say, these are your five minutes to sum up what you spoke about in your presentation. Go ahead. Essentially, I divided the talk into three sections. The main point that I wanted to get away was simply that user testing is important uh, and that you need real users to test a website as well as yourself as, a, as an SEO consultant. So yeah, I divided it into three sections. The first one was um, why SEOs can't do their own testing. Uh, the second was a case study on some user testing that we'd done. And then the final section was some hints and tips, uh, which we picked up 
only after doing user testing that perhaps we wouldn't have come across unless we'd done proper user testing using uh, random people to look at the websites as well as our own our own eyes. So in part one, I was looking at why SEOs aren't the best people to do their own testing. And I immediately took a massive tangent and talked about my Twitter account because basically I just wanted more followers. Like I said, it's called Lord of the Serps and I'm posting GIFs uh, about Lord of the Rings and SEO. Uh, I've done stuff like uh, Aragorn saying, but it is not this day uh, and relating that to clients not getting their mobile sites ready in time or... Uh, I had another one that did really well called uh, when a client no indexes the whole website and I just had a gif of Smaug setting fire to an entire town, uh, that kind of thing. But the point here was that I wanted to show that this, uh, I showed this presentation to my mother and she just had no clue what I was on about. She was sort of looking at me blankly while I was going on about Twitter and Hobbits and Google and the internet and she didn't find any of it remotely funny. Thing I gained from that really was that SEOs really do live in a bubble and it's kind of hard to disconnect from the things we obsess over, like uh, followed links. I don't know if you've ever had to explain to a journalist why you'd want a followed link from them. It's kind of a nightmare because half the time they have no clue what you're on about. But users, on the other hand, have good insight outside of what an SEO might be thinking because uh, they have stuff like outdated computers, outdated software, strange setups. Um, they're better at going through the physical buying process of a website rather than thinking about how to... Uh, optimize it, I suppose. And uh, crucially, it's it's really good if you've got a tricky client who doesn't quite believe what you're saying, you can uh, you can turn around and say, this isn't what I think about your website, it's about what the general public thinks. So uh, that's another good way to think about users. Then in the second part, I took a case study where we'd had good success from user testing. Uh, so basically, we had an e-commerce platform which essentially sold light bulbs. Uh, when we first started working on the on the site, its visibility and its traffic were all declining. Uh, it was a bit of a bit of a sorry state of a website, uh, and it looked really dated. Uh, but we had our SEO hats on initially, and our first assessment was that compared to its competitors, all the site really needed was more links, which I think is a classic uh, SEO. Uh, problem uh, because the site looked really rubbish, but um, we were just thinking, nope, the backlink profile is is where we're gonna is where we're gonna win. Uh, so we got to work making loads of content for the site, uh, making good headway, improving its backlink profile, but it continued to just suffer um, when it came to organic rankings and traffic. Eventually, we took the step back and decided to review it from a user perspective. Uh, the site looked so bad, um, I can't really describe it in words, but it had this rotating banner on the homepage. And one of the images on this banner was sort of paper cutout people stood around this giant light bulb, like they were worshipping it or something. And this was just on the homepage of this supposedly modern contemporary lighting shop for interior design fanatics. Uh, all the colors were wishy-washy. They were sort of greens and purples randomly spoon against blues. Uh, and everything had a sort of gradient on it, like it was sort of 1990s word art, if, mm. you, were, if you know what I mean. The users, we got to test the site quickly, work this out, and they were just basically appalled by it. Uh, one even went so far as to just load up the homepage and the expression they got from uh, the, we were recording the audio of them going on the website and the, the microphone recording just went, oh, <laughs> yuck, which was uh, sort of confirmed what we were thinking. Uh, from their feedback, we flattened the design, we muted the color palette, we removed a lot of the superfluous stuff they had. For example, on the homepage, they had these awful banners that were just going on about 100% secure payment and lowest prices on the net. And it just looked really like aggressively targeted. There was too many uh, calls to action on the on the checkout page to just make it look a bit, bit spammy. Uh, and the result of all this was that while traffic didn't massively increase, the conversion rate of the site practically doubled, uh, which was great. So even though we weren't getting as much traffic, the... Uh, the amount of money the client was making practically doubled. So that was great. 
And then in the final section of the talk, we just had sort of a quickfire round where I went through basic issues with websites, which came out from our user testing work, which as SEOs, we would never really have spent too much time thinking about because they're not strictly ranking factors, but these things really bugged the users we were dealing with. And uh, sort of when combined together, they can, they can add up and make a site less trustworthy and reduce its sort of quote unquote quality. Because obviously Google is throwing out lots of quality updates all the time these days, and they're really focusing on quality, but nobody's quite sure what that means. So basically, I guess uh, the philosophy around just making the site as good as possible, I think is a, is a good, way to, good way to approach SEO. So this, in the quickfire round, I sort of had basic stuff like out-of-date social media icons seem to bug people quite a lot if they got the wrong Twitter bird. Uh, aggressive SSL icons, lots of like padlocks saying like 100% secure, that kind of thing. Uh, stock photography was another thing that people kind of shied away from. Uh, we had this one website where they had the meet the team page and all the copy was about how they were such a great family run business. But the, uh, the stock photography they had for their own family was just sort of like people stood in a studio with shiny white teeth and they just didn't look legitimate. And that kind of thing can just sort of throw people off if they're trying to convince them that it's a legitimate website. Uh, we had stuff like annoying animations came up quite a lot. People didn't really want to wait around and wait for them to load. Uh, and then consistent fonts and consistent colors as well was a massive one. A lot of websites out there have sort of five or six different fonts when perhaps they should only have one or two. Um, keyword stuffing was a big issue that a lot of these websites have where a previous agency perhaps has tried really hard to include as many variations of the same sentence over and over again. And, when you're reading it as a user, obviously it just sounds horrendous and it puts you off because it makes you feel like the website isn't just there for your sake. It's sort of manipulating perhaps Google or, or something else. Uh, and a really niche one was having your VAT number visible at the bottom of your website, which again, isn't something I would consider strictly as an SEO, but people who buy a lot of products online might be considering, is this a legitimate company? How do I look them up? How do I find out? If, if they've got references, and apparently that's a, that's a good way of uh, proving you're a, you're a trustworthy website. And lastly, this was a, a classic example. Uh, in the actual case study that I was looking at in the talk, uh, users had an issue where they went to go purchase a product and the checkout was broken. Uh, and we'd been looking at this site for, for months and we just hadn't even considered to go properly through the checkout process because we'd been so obsessed with optimizing it for Google rankings that we'd neglected to sort of consider the user perspective of going through properly and using the, uh, the buying process. So um, stuff like that, I think SEOs do do at the moment, but perhaps could do more of. And um, it's definitely something we're experimenting with a lot more at Screaming Frog at the moment, just uh, sort of trying more ways of uh, getting more people involved in on sites and uh, thinking outside the box, I guess. So oh, yeah, excellent. that was my talk. Thank you. Um, it sounds like something that could happen at every SEO agency, right? I uh, really enjoyed, I really agree how you said we had the SEO hats on. And of course, uh, no one clicked through the whole purchasing process because that doesn't give you links, right? Especially bad if you're uh, in the link building mode and then uh, you're just building up links for this website, but you're not thinking, would anybody mm -hmm. actually use mm -hmm. it for its purpose, I guess is the... The first and foremost question you should always ask before approaching a website. So if I understood you right, you're doing um, user testing in a way that you have the user, uh, you don't bring them in, you just have them on a voice call and they open up the website and they do stuff. Is this 
how you do it? And is, is this an efficient way of how you should be doing it? Uh, so the, the actual process that we're using at the moment is uh, we're currently trialing a lot of uh, third-party services that provide user testing. We found they're quite an efficient and time time easy way of uh, getting users to test the websites. Um, usually these tests cost about, um, I think about $50 per test, mm-hmm. which I think works out at about £35. I've no idea how many euros that is. Um, but essentially we get four or five of these videos in where we write out all the questions that we want them to go through and all the processes we want them to test. Say we'd, we'd ask them to buy a product or we'd ask them to give their impressions of the homepage or we'd ask them to find a particular service within the, the navigation. Uh, and then they go through the, the checklist that we've set them and what the software is doing is recording their screen and they're also got a microphone and it's recording their voice. Mm-hmm. So they're giving audible feedback. We can see what they're doing. And then they also write written feedback at the end. So all three of those give a sort of clearer picture of uh, what the user's thinking when they're going through the website. And I think that's a really, really good way of approaching it. All right. Yeah, because uh, the first objection that I would use myself of being in an SEO agency a year ago would be that will be is going to be too expensive. I can't really have that on my SEO budget. Um, would you share with us what's the tool that you are using? Uh, so we've trialed a few. Uh, we've used uh, what users do quite a bit. There's one called usertesting.com, which does exactly what it says on the tin. I can't remember the others off the top of my head, but there are a few more that we've sort of been been experimenting with. I think they're all priced roughly around the same, but it's definitely worth shopping around because there are a number of services if you if you do a quick search, you'll find a, a whole bunch of websites offering the same sort of uh, services. They do differ slightly. Uh, some of them are more aligned towards testing different devices. So if you want to test your mobile website or your how your website appears on a tablet, for example, some services are better at that. Others are better at assigning you different demographics of testers. So mm-hmm. if you only want to test, say, women over 50 or men 35 to 45, then... Uh, some are better at that. I can't remember off the top of my head which ones are good at different things, but they all definitely offer a, a different service. All right. I'll just link to those two and uh, in the show notes and uh, people can go and try them out. Generally, I feel that this is this happens very often when we do user testing. We find out that there's stuff that we didn't really expect to uh, be problematic, that it is problematic. You said that saying you're 100% safe and secure too many times, it could generally go in the other, uh, uh, just harm you, not really help you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Because obviously, from my perspective, I'm just thinking we need to tell the users that the site has an SSL, and we need to remind them that we are a legitimate company, and we need to do all these things to win their trust, because some conversion rate optimization guide has told me that. But from their perspective, they're sort of looking at the big picture and how the site goes from one page to the other. And they're sort of thinking, I've already been told eight times that the website's secure, so Mm -hmm. they don't need to be reminded again. Um, I think a lot of user testing is good at finding problems, but not necessarily good at finding solutions. Um, A lot of the time, they will be very good at identifying what they don't like. They'll suggest a fix, but then we'll have a think about it and we'll think actually that would break something else or that wouldn't be as, as useful or that would be an issue for a different 
type of user or something like that. So I think there's definitely a lot of work that us as SEOs have to do on the other side of it. Once mm. we've got the results mm. back to probably go through and uh, sort of review their feedback and then decide the best uh, way to fix what they're, uh, what they're complaining about. All right. Um, I think that's it. We had your presentation. We had my questions. We figured out what to do and how to do user testing, even if we're SEOs. Oliver, thank you very much for being the guest on the Time for Marketing podcast. Um, great job. Say hi to the people doing the Screaming Frog tool and tell them great job. Uh, from me, whatever that means. I will, I will pass that on and we'll have, to, we'll have to meet up at Brighton for a beer. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, thank you and have a great day. Thank you for having me and uh, you too. Bye.